This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Hi everyone, welcome back to Tell Me This. This is Brianne Roos and I'm doing a solo here today. So the pace of this fall has been super fast and I asked Carrie if she minded if I recorded this short and really I did it as a way to hold myself accountable to take some time to sit and reflect. You know that Carrie and I are huge proponents of action and reflection cycles And I had the privilege of actually writing the critical reflection chapter in Carrie's book, Dancing with Discomfort. But a lot of the time, lately anyway, I found myself stuck in the action and kind of neglecting the reflection. Today though, I hit the brakes and did some thinking. I hope this short resonates with you, whether you have children or have cared for children or even just reflecting back on your own days in the car. Here we go, start your engines. Recently, a colleague at my university was talking about the road to tenure while caregiving, which, if you're not familiar with academia, is kind of a dance of teaching, publishing, university service, alongside everything that goes with caregiving, whether that's for aging parents or, in my case, for children. As many of our listeners know, my husband and I have two daughters. One is nearly 16 and just began her sophomore year of high school and the other is 13 and in eighth grade. As my colleague remarked about the juggle of working caregivers, I jokingly asked if she was gonna add being an Uber driver to the list of responsibilities. Today alone, I've been in and out of my car more than 12 times, and it's only two o'clock in the afternoon. I joke about driving the girls around, but the truth is that I love it, and I've always loved it. It's actually one of the things I missed during the pandemic. I've been thinking a lot about driving and car time lately because our oldest daughter got her learner's permit over the summer. And just for the record, I think it's a terrible idea to teach people to drive alongside other vehicles on real roads and highways where the other drivers have no idea that the driver of my car is nervous and new and that the person in the passenger seat, me, is judging everyone on the road as a potential killer. It's actually very stressful. And really, I'd like to have some sort of closed course where we can just practice for hours, like role-playing all of the potential merges and tricky left turns and reading weird street signs, which, by the way, I learned recently through her driver's ed that sometimes posted speed limits are merely suggestions. This was new to me. I'd also like to have one of those passenger side brakes installed. 
I dream of a safe practice course and a break at my feet as we drive around town into school. And really, she's doing fine. As with most of her transitions so far, she's learning and eager to practice and she's conscientious and, you know, all the good things. I, on the other hand, have a front row seat on the struggle bus. Transportation pun intended. When we're in the car together, there's this constant decision for me about how long to wait to let her react, to see what I see on the road and to make a decision. And apparently my wait time is significantly shorter than my husband's, who has developed a reputation as a pretty chill driving teacher. While I was kindly told, it actually really stresses me out to drive with you. Same sister, same. So there's the driving part that's hard. There's also the other part that's arguably harder. The part that when I think about being in the car together, my mind and heart are flooded with memories. I can bring myself right back to the rides home from the hospital when our newborns were so tiny and swallowed up by that big car seat. And I would have preferred something even bigger if it would keep those baby girls safe. And then the seemingly eternal rear facing helpless days when they could not hold their own bottles. And I became a master at rolling blankets and burp cloths to prop up their bottles and their toys. And those pacifiers were latched. They were like, they were latched to everything. Then they turned around and the girls became part of the car world in a different way. No longer dependent on the mirror to see the rear facing baby, I could fully embrace the mom turn, simultaneously watching the road, driving with one hand, opening a snack, twisting a sippy cup, and singing. At one point, we moved my younger daughter's car seat to the middle seat so the older one could help the baby, or at least like alert me in full alarm about the things that she was doing wrong. Like, she is holding her bottle upside down and the milk is spilling everywhere. Mommy, it's everywhere. The milk, that milk smelled so bad. And also, it was so cute to see them together back there just figuring things out. We transitioned from car seats to full back boosters, which my teenagers were recently talking about. Remember those? They were awesome. Tired? Lean your head to the side and take a nap. Hungry? Thirsty? Personal cup and snack holders. And they could buckle and unbuckle themselves, which felt like a leap into independence. Then we took off the backs and used just those base boosters. And eventually there was nothing but a seatbelt between my girls and the road. Around that time, the car started to fill. So often we had six girls buckled up back there, going to and from school, soccer, lacrosse, field hockey, basketball, birthday parties, sleepovers, all the places to be during those elementary and middle school years. Having a car full of kids made my heart so happy. I could feel the community and the connection during those rides. They were our villagers, the children of my best friends. And listening to the girls chat and sing and recap a game was the best. One day, I remember they were lamenting about an upcoming timed mile for lacrosse. And they'd convinced themselves that somehow, although they were on fields and courts more than at home, they had all forgotten how to run. When should they breathe? Should they breathe? What do you do with your arms? Are you just going to fly and die? No, no, no. They said to pace ourselves. What does pacing even mean? I just laughed to myself and kept driving, trying so hard to remember all the details to share with their moms when we arrived at our destination. 
The car has been the scene of some of our best and hardest family talks. The big ones we will always remember, like breaking the news of a celiac disease diagnosis while driving to Ikea. That trip was never the same again. The car is also the scene of the mundane and routine exchanges, the place where we strategize how to use the slivers of time between practices and where we eat dinner on the busiest nights. For my high schooler, the car is where we have most of our time together these days. She's at school and practice and clubs and pasta parties, so many pasta parties, until late, and she has work to do when she gets home. So the minutes between are where we connect. And as we inch through the months with her permit, the countdown to her license is on. The countdown to a huge step for her, such independence. The girls talk all the time about what they're going to do and where they're going to go together when she gets her license. I'm not coming on those trips and I won't be part of those chats. And that's the hardest part about her driving. Much more so than three-point turns. It's that the time isn't stopping. Like the light is perpetually green. And I'm kind of longing for a nice long red. The kind when you're tempted to read your email because it's so long. But for now... I'm settling for flashing reds, just moments to come to a full and complete stop, a quick second to think about overturned bottles with spilling milk, third graders singing roar, the race to get girls and gear in place before the carpool line rolls, the long trips and the short trips. They come back in those moments of reflection and they make me smile and most often my eyes fill. And then I blink the tears away as my daughter asks me to rate her merge. Wasn't that good? I totally saw that bus. Yeah, yeah, it was good, it was good, sorry. I zoned out for a second and, and had you in a car seat. Back to my colleague's discussion about the road to tenure while caregiving. My side gig for, for Uber is just about up and I am so filled with gratitude for a career that has allowed me the flexibility to do so much driving and for the miles that I've logged with the people I love the most. Thanks for listening today, everybody, especially if you're listening from the car. Safe travels. to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.